Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Game Managers Podcast, where we talk Alabama and Auburn and SEC football every week. My name is Nick Norris. I'm a sports writer for some places, and with me, as always, are my good friends, Auburn friend, Auburn friend, fan Justin Knight. Hello, everybody. And Alabama fan Aaron Patterson. Hello. Guys, we got a big episode this week. I'm excited. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl, National Signing Day, some sports conspiracies, trivia is back in a new format. I'm pretty excited. I don't know about you guys. No, I mean, Aaron kind of ruined it for me, so I'm not really excited. (laughs) Well, let's talk about that before we get into everything about this, uh, this conversation we were having right before we started recording. Justin... You have one of the worst voicemail answering things I've heard in my life, and you've had it for as long as I've known you. Yeah, I've had it for a long time. And it's not the content itself that's bad. It's that you obviously it's made this in like junior high, probably, and you well, took you took your iPhone and you obviously just put it against your computer speaker and blared it. I did, it. and it's yes. so bad quality you can't hear what was happening. Yeah, so I should probably redo it. You should probably just delete it and just, I'm gonna, you know, say like, hey, this is Justin. For anybody that doesn't know, obviously you wouldn't know because you haven't called Justin, except unless you're that one girl that sent him nudes or whatever that one time, because we put his number. Well, in. I did, I oh, did yeah. tell everybody yeah. his phone number, so. Yeah, we put, we, Aaron said his phone number on the podcast one time, one girl sent him some, some un- So go back to previous unwanted. episodes to find <laughs> anyway, him and harass that's him. That's neither here nor there. What is here, though, is... His voicemail comes from a, uh, a Seinfeld clip yes, from uh, George Seinfeld. Constanza's answering machine. I'm going to play it real quickly. I must be out or pick up the phone. Where could I be? I still can't understand what it says. So, uh, sorry, sorry everybody for Justin singing that because he would have had a delay through my headphones, so this could be at different times. (laughs) 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 That's okay. Anyways, that's what it is, but when it says George, he, like, picks up the phone really quickly and puts his mouth up to it and is like, Justin, and then throws it back onto the computer speaker. See, I've never even made it that far, but I immediately hang up. (laughs) If I had to leave him a message, I just wouldn't. I would die. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. All right. Anyways, I just wanted to bring that up for a minute. Sir, it's awful. Aaron's just in a bad mood tonight. He is. I don't, I don't know how that makes me in a bad mood. It's just terrible. Well, you know who is probably in a bad mood is 49ers fans still one week later. Uh, Kansas City is our Super Bowl champions, world champions, even though that tighter is void of all meaning because there's no other teams outside of the United States. Blew a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter. What what did you guys think of the Super Bowl? I thought it was pretty good. It was fun to watch. Um, yeah, I mean, they blew a 10-point lead. It was, it was pretty sad. Yeah, the Chiefs are the king of the comebacks in the playoffs. Yeah, they've done it multiple times this year. <clears throat> I enjoyed it. I was pulling for the Chiefs, so it worked out well for me. I didn't really care, honestly, though. Um, but... It was fun to watch. What did you think about the halftime show? It's been a very controversial. Oh, now that was fun to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I mean, let's be honest. <laughs> Justin's in the 
the love mode. It's Valentine's is this week, so yeah, it is. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, any good commercials? Did y'all like any? I thought they were they're lousy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What did you think about the baby nut commercial? The planter's peanut. He's a baby I now mean, or whatever. I mean, whatever. I guess they're trying. They got people to look up planners. <laughs> so. I'm a good I don't think them, anybody actually looked up planners. They probably I, just looked up Baby Nut. Yeah, so that <laughs> or, got them to see planners made or the commercial. Or whatever the other dude's name was. What was his, what was, did he have a name? Or was he called Baby Big Nut? Nut. His uh, Mr. Nut, Mr. Peanut is his name. Is his name. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe I like I like the one where he dies. I thought that one was pretty funny, but I thought this one was just kind of Yeah, that was hilarious. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> the, the one where he uh he like dies in the car accident it sounds way darker when you describe it to someone mr peanut dies in a car accident i mean oh I, yeah it's pretty dark like honestly <laughs> yeah he falls yeah. off the cliff it gets darker the longer car. it goes on yeah i was trying to i was trying to figure out why they killed him off at first <laughs> that's the point like why like this they actually dumb. they that's actually almost like pulled that commercial because uh like the day after they aired it originally was kobe bryant's death and they were like, oh. ooh, is this a bad time to do cut, this? Cut, cut, cut. Yeah, but they ended up keeping it. So, Anyways, nobody cares about that. I don't know why we're still talking about it. I don't either. Uh, Panthers are, are evaluating Cam Newton, considering a trade if he doesn't get healthy uh, before the season. What do you guys think? Justin, you're a, you're a Carolina th- uh, fan. Yeah. Um, well, when Cam's healthy, he's a good quarterback, but the problem is he's hardly ever, ever healthy. So yeah, I guess we'll see what, what happens with this. And I just hope if we trade him, we get something good out of it. And then we, if we trade him, we'll definitely be drafting a quarterback. Who would you like to see take over if they, if they do part ways with Cam? You know, I, we're not going to get Tua because he's already going to be gone. What I would really hope is since we just got Joe Brady as OC, if we could trade for the first pick and give the Bengals like Cam and a bunch of, you know, maybe some future picks, another player, and then draft Joe Burrow, I think you could fit him right into Brady's system. Yeah. It'd be a good flow. Have Burrow and McCaffrey and DJ Moore, who's going to be a good wide receiver. So, you know, we'll see. But see, right now we have the seventh pick and we're projected to get Derek Brown. And I'd love to get Derek Brown on the defensive side. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. I'd say best case scenario, and I don't think that it will or could happen, is them getting uh, Joe Burrow if yeah. something was to happen to Cam. But I'd, I'd like to see Cam continue. It seems I do like too. he I, is. I like. Sorry. It seems like he's very optimistic, too, more so than yeah. the coaches uh, in the interviews he's been given. So, And um, I love Cam. I mean, he does a lot for the community there yeah, in Charlotte. So. Uh, he's a great guy. I just want to see him healthy because when he's healthy, he's a good quarterback. So we'll just oh, see yeah. what happens. Um, speaking of the NFL, the Jaguars have added another game in London, which uh, means one less in Jacksonville. They actually make more money playing in London than they do at <laughs> home. How long do you guys think until they just move this franchise, whether it be to London or somewhere else? Um, uh, I don't think it really matters as long as they suck. Yeah. I think London would have to be the place if they want to. If they're just after money, because they suck, so it doesn't matter where they go. Yeah, the NFL has it... been wanting to get into Europe for a, a long time now, so I wouldn't be surprised if they helped make that happen. I just yeah. still don't understand how all that, all the logistics would work. Like, you would absolutely dread 
being drafted to the freaking Jaguars. Like, the London Jaguars. Be... What? <laughs> the London Jaguars. Yeah. It, it, like you would just absolutely dread it. Like knowing that you have to travel out of country eight times a year. Taxes suck. Terrible. Paying taxes yeah, in two I countries. Couldn't. Golly, yeah, the travel that would be absolutely terrible. Um but yeah, I think they have like back to back games in London this upcoming season. I've heard the owner would love to move the team there at some point, so I don't know. I I don't know. I wouldn't like to see it. it I don't want a team in London. I think I like the thought of having teams outside of the United States if there's a market for it. I think London is one of those I think places. you should just split them and have 16 over there, 16 here, and then that'll be the the divisions or whatever. Then you just you play uh, the Super Bowl uh, yeah. somewhere yeah. else at a new somewhere else. Yeah. I wouldn't want to lose that many teams out of the U.S., but yeah, I wouldn't I mean, really. It really it affects me zero, so I really don't care. I can still turn on the TV and watch them the same as I can here, so I, I really don't care. I wouldn't mind if they'd add eight teams, make it a, a even 40 teams in the NFL, put 20 over there and keep 20 over here. I think that'd be fun. Or not necessarily yes. over there in Europe. I just mean across the world. Put one in Tokyo, Japan. That's a pretty good market. Put one in Australia. Yeah, see, I I think London is probably the best. Of course, it's going to be the best market. But I just don't know what everybody else's view is on football. Because I know soccer is the dominant world thing. Well, so. what, well, we have very little to go off of. But we ha- we've had yeah. a lot of bowl games in different countries. We've had a lot in Japan, a lot in Australia, and they've always done very well, even when it's really crappy yeah. college teams. Which, yeah, because these people get to see something new. So, yeah, I understand. Yeah, but how, I don't know how it would work long term. Yeah, how yeah, long is that viable? Yeah. Yeah. That's the risk. Speaking of risk, the XFL airs tomorrow, the first game. So we're filming this on a Friday, by the way. We usually film it Saturday night, so... Um, we got some stuff to do. So tomorrow, the XFL's first games. Are you guys planning on watching, and are you excited? I'll, uh, probably, because I mean, it probably yeah. won't have anything else to do. I'll yeah. check it out. I need to see what team did I say I was going to root for? Some team um, in Florida. What's the team in Florida? I've got Vipers, you got the Vipers. Yeah, Aaron's got Vipers, Seattle. Okay. I've got the DC Defenders. All right. Yeah. Always, ha- I have to look that up like every day because I always forget who my team is. Yeah, I know my team's in Florida. I just, yeah, I didn't know their name. <laughs> um, in the XFL, though, the average salary per player will be fifty-five thousand, but for Oof. average quarterback, makes four hundred and fifty grand. What? With a lot of uh, opportunities to add on to that. I think every win you get like another twenty grand or something like that. I, I don't have it in front of me, but it was a it was a good amount added to that. For Can every you imagine win. just? playing in the XFL as a quarterback and you're still getting half a million. Hey, uh, yeah, it's good money. That is good money. Um, switching gears to college, Mark D'Antonio has stepped down as Michigan State's coach after 13 years with the Spartans. He was there winning as coach. Um, he abruptly resigned the day before National Signing Day and one day after a lawsuit filed by his ex-recruiting director dropped that alleged recruitment violations. So uh, the timing of this is very suspicious, but he claims that the lawsuit has zero effect on his resignation, which I think bullcrap. But you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the violations. I don't. Again, I don't have them in front of me, but it was like uh, he had invited some players to his house, 
That was one of the things. And then he had like given some parents jobs on campus, parents of players that you know you're not supposed to do that, stuff like that. Um, so he's gone, which, you know, whatever. And it seems like the fan favorite hire is Luke Fickle. So we'll see if that's who they end up going with. Where is he at right now? Luke Fickle? Yeah. Uh, let me see. Is he at? Sorry. Oh, he's at Cincinnati. That's right. Cincinnati. Uh, Yeah, because he's going to have, if he goes, he'll have the same job route that D'Antonio had going through Cincinnati because he didn't get the job he wanted and then yada yada Michigan State whatever anyway um, yeah so he's he has had a good he's had a good uh, little run at Cincinnati so it wouldn't be a bad mm-hmm. hire I don't think no it wouldn't speaking of hires Freddie Roach has been hired as Alabama's defensive line coach uh, Roach played at Alabama served as assistant strength and coordinator coach director of player development and then uh, as the D-line coach at Ole Miss for three years. So he is now joining Saban's staff there in Tuscaloosa. Uh, and Auburn has also added a, uh, a new name to their staff. Um, yep. Al Pogue? Pogue you? How do you say that, Justin? Pogue, right? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I'm not sure either. Uh, he's been added as a defensive assistant. Last year he was coaching linebackers at West Virginia. And for five years before that, he was coaching quarterbacks at Troy. And uh, he was also with Auburn from 2011 to 2013 as an offensive quality control coach, special teams quality control coach, and director of high school relations. So that's a guy that uh, Malzahn probably knows pretty well then. And um, yep. yeah, so a couple, uh, a couple small but hopefully effective hires in, uh, for both teams in the state. Yeah. Auburn this week had a thrilling 79-76 to overtime win over Arkansas. They really like these hey, close hey. overtime games, don't they? They seem to always walk away with them, at least. Yeah, they were down 11 with five minutes left, five, six minutes left, and they came back to tie it. But, yeah, they're under, I mean, that's back-to-back road games that they've come back from a big deficit and took it to overtime and won it. So, I mean, it's, it's tough playing on the road in SEC. So, these are wins you love to have, and then, now, if we beat LSU tomorrow, we'll be uh, at the top of the SEC standings. So, I mean, just like that. After those two back-to-back losses, they've turned it all around. So, that's the great thing about losing is that it can really bring a team together, turn them around. And so, we'll see. I mean, really, if they beat LSU and then Alabama at home, the schedule down the road is not bad. they got a game at Kentucky, but that's really the only one. That and at Tennessee. There's like two on the schedule that I'm worried about. Well, you said uh, losing back-to-back can bring a team together, and Alabama is hoping that happens because they have lost back-to-back-to-back, most recently the Tennessee in a 69-68 loss. They're yeah. third in a row, so uh, they better get it together quick if they're coming together. Now, see, the thing is about Alabama is they've got a lot of talent, but I've never <laughs> – this team is blowing so many – they're up to Tennessee by, like, 20 at one point, and they blew that late again. So they just – I mean, they did. They were able to hold a lead against Auburn, but ever since that game, I've, they've kind of gone downhill. Well, we've got a lot of Auburn news this week. We've already mentioned a couple things, but Auburn is also adding statues on campus of Cliff Hare, Shug Jordan, and Pat Dye, which I think yeah. is pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anthony Schwartz and Sean Shivers are reportedly not participating in spring training uh, to focus on track. 
Don't blame him. Yeah, because uh, apparently Anthony Schwartz has a, uh, from what I hear, a pretty good chance of making the Summer Olympics. So uh, I, I don't blame him at all. That's that's something you can't pass up. Oh no, I mean he has a great chance of participating in the Olympics this summer. So I, all to him. Um, and of course, spring training. I mean, if you're gonna miss some practices, that's the time to do it. Even if he missed um, yeah. some for the Olympics, he'd still be back before any game started. So, oh yeah, I see no harm in it. Um, and it's a great experience. I mean, this is a once in a lifetime kind of opportunity. So yeah, for sure. You don't have the speed for you know a long time in your life. So yeah, and he's not catching too many passes in uh, Malzahn's offense right now. Anyway, no. So, so he's just running the reverse. And everybody knows it's coming. So, yeah. uh, Tarvius Booby Whitlow has entered the transfer portal as a non-grad transfer. He will uh, likely not get to play any next season unless he receives a waiver from Auburn, which seems very unlikely. Yeah, because he got kicked off. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, is that what is that what supposedly happened? Is he got kicked off? Yeah. From what I've heard, it was um, discipline issues. He, hmm. you know, that's. You hear that a lot from Auburn running backs, apparently. So mm-hmm. something was going on, and I think I heard he got kicked off, so he, he was just transferring. Um, really, I'm not upset because he put the ball on the ground a lot this mm-hmm. past season, and we've got guys like Tank Bixby coming in. We've got DJ Williams. We've got Shivers again. So And we got Joyner, so I'm not really worried. There's losing, more time for these guys. Losing him this year is, will not would not be nearly as – as bad as losing him, say, last year. Because um, there oh, are a yeah. lot of guys back there, too, uh, that you're counting on. But also, a lot of those guys are young and unproven, so it'll be interesting to see yep. what happens. I think, I'm not worried about the the running game. Or, I'm sorry, no, I'm, I'm not, not worried about the rushers. I'm worried about the offensive line when it comes to Auburn. So, uh, well, I'm hopeful just because all those seniors we had sucked. So getting in a new group, maybe clean slate, they have a good spring, good summer, so just see what happens. But it's still, it's still going to hurt a little. He was Auburn's uh, oh, leading rusher, yeah. 763 yards on the ground last year, 787 the year before that. But um, it's not it's not like a not like you're losing your starting quarterback or anything. I think they're they'll be okay as long as they get a, a strong offensive line. Yeah, for sure. Uh, National Signing Day was uh, happened this week, and uh, the SEC dominated. Um, they did quite well. Uh, I think it was... How many teams is in the top ten? I'm pulling it up right now. It was a lot. For what? Six? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it was like six, yeah. And uh, there was so like we... ten in the top 25, right? Yeah, it was something uh, yeah. crazy. So Georgia yeah. taking home the top recruiting class, uh, according Which to is most crazy. sites. Some, some have them with... Uh, some others have Alabama, some others have Clemson. It's you know, It's kind of just how you see it. Uh, but they had 25 commitments, four or five stars, 15 four stars, and six three stars, so very solid. Um, yeah. uh, 24-7 has Alabama at number two. 25 commitments, four or five stars also. Uh, 17 four stars, some more of those, but less three stars with four. Clemson right behind. Um, and then LSU, Ohio State, Texas A&M. Auburn at seven with... Uh, no five stars, but they did have 16 four stars and uh, 10 three stars, so a very solid was, uh, class. I think Tank was a five star. This website could be wrong. I'm just, it, may, it may not be completely updated. Yeah. Um, and then Florida behind them at eight, Texas at nine, Tennessee at 10. 
Our uh, our USC Trojans made a little jump from eighty third <laughs> to uh, fifty four to fifty fifth, depending on who you're looking for, looking at. And that sounds a lot better, but when you put it in perspective, they barely edged out Rutgers. So that's so pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they did beat Rutgers. They edged them out. Yeah. Sure did. That's so hmm. pathetic. Interesting. Yeah. So um, you know, that's the University of Southern California for you. Um. Shout out to Justin Hicks uh, for messaging us on our Facebook page with an awesome uh, topic suggestion. Uh, if you have any topics you'd like us to cover, just send us a message to our page at the Game Managers Podcast or email us at thegamemanagers at gmail.com. Uh, Justin Hicks says, Hey guys, thanks for the podcast. I want to suggest that you all take some time during this football offseason to shed some light on the Alabama softball team. I've never been a big baseball fan, much less softball, but I started watching them last season after I noticed they were like 35-0 and and really got caught up in watching them make a deep run into the playoffs. Last season was a cool story. They started out the season ranked last in the SEC and ended the season ranked number three overall. They opened their season today in Florida ranked number one. Also worth mentioning is that this run of success is due in large part to us having arguably the best pitcher in the country, Montana Fouts, who I like to call the Tua of softball. Which is probably ridiculous, but maybe not. So, oh, uh, she's pretty freaking good. That's what I said. I messaged him back and I said, I think if anybody's deserving of that that uh, nickname, it's probably her. Uh, so, thank you, Justin, for sending us that in. Not you, Justin Knight. You are worthless to us. But uh, this other Justin sounds much better and lovelier than you. But yeah, yeah you Alabama softball—they're opening. Have mom. They're opening uh, this. This uh, I guess today. I guess I have the date before games. Uh, in Tallahassee, two against North Carolina and two against Florida State. This will happen. Uh, this happened today and will happen tomorrow. And I uh, also saw that um, Alabama softball will air on ESPN's Family of Networks sixteen times this year. So that's a good amount for a softball team, college softball team. Yeah. So uh, yeah, thank you for the topic suggestion, Justin. Not you, Justin. Other Justin. Hey, and talking about uh, national TV, I think Auburn baseball will be on like 15 times as well. Yeah, I've seen that. It, it'll be across multiple networks, not just ESPN, but yeah, they're going to, I think it was like 10 Nationally to 15, something in there. Yeah. Well, Aaron, how about you get us started with a little bit of Twitter news, your famous segment? I don't want to. <laughs> you don't? That's okay. We don't have to. We'll just keep going. I wasn't prepared. Wasn't prepared? You only had a week. Yeah, I was just kidding, because <laughs> I actually, you know, do what I'm supposed to, Justin. Ooh, that's a nice little burn there. Justin, you all right? You okay? I'm just kidding. There's been several times where I wasn't fully That's, that's uh, also true. Prepared. Well, I I just absolutely tuned them out right there, so. Playoffs? We'll talk about playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. It really doesn't matter what you think. You play to win the game. You play to win the game. Uh, alrighty. So this one is by Scott Dawson. Yeah, Scott. I can't talk. Anyways, whatever. It says, next year's Super Bowl halftime should be Kanye West and the Sunday Service Collective. That would be the only way to offset what we just witnessed. <laughs> pretty pretty funny. Saw a lot uh, of uh, a lot of Facebook moms very triggered by this uh, Super Bowl halftime. Yeah, I mean, come all, on, all in good fun. Come on. Um, 
So if you watch the commercial says that more happened, of it, throwing it on every yeah. football game. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch the commercial right before the uh, the uh, the coin toss, uh, you you will get this. It said, "Nice of them to let Kyler Murray deliver the game ball." <laughs> so that's the commercial of the little boy running all over town, right? Until he finally gets yeah, to the and stadium. then he runs out onto the field to deliver the game ball right before the <laughs> coin toss. That's funny. Uh, Stephen A. Smith said, I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan has been outscored 52 to nothing since the third quarter of Super Bowl in 2016, whatever number that it was. Hmm. 52 to zero. It's pretty rough. In, in these two third quarters or in every third quarter? No, in, has been outscored 52 to zero since the third quarter of, oh, I don't know. The way he worded it makes it sound like every third quarter, but surely not. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he just means the Super Bowl, surely. Yeah. Still uh, not good. Yeah. That's actually worse. No, so. that's awful. <laughs> yeah. uh, Clint Lamb said, There have only been five quarterbacks from the SEC to start and win a Super Bowl. Two have the last name Manning, and mm-hmm. the other three are from Alabama. Bart Starr, Joe Namath, and Ken Stabler. How about that? Uh, and that's all I have, but I might come back with one more fun fact all later. Right. Well, thank you, Aaron, for another solid segment. Uh, um, no yes, problem. thank you. That was perfect. That's just that's what I do. Thank you. Thank you. Very yeah. self-congratulatory on this show. Um, how about we jump into some of these conspiracies? So there's so many of these that we may come back to this in another episode and do more. I got down 10, um, but there was like, there's so many more I could have chosen. It was a hard time picking certain ones. So, uh, I think we'll come back and do this, this topic again sometime in the future, maybe a year from now or something. But, uh, I'm just going to get down the list. So first off, we've got Muhammad Ali's Phantom Punch. Uh, are you guys familiar with this conspiracy? No. I'm not. Okay, so um, I copied these from numerous websites to not getting credit because I don't remember. Um, Muhammad Ali's famous phantom punch against Sonny Liston in February 1964 was a pivotal and controversial moment in boxing history. Ali hit the then heavyweight champion with a seemingly light counterpunch that sent Liston to the mat in the first round. Liston was unable to recover from the blow, and Ollie was awarded a TKO. The manner in which Liston went down has drawn speculation about the fight, which some believing Liston fixed the fight in order to pay off debts with the mob. Uh, the punch is there. Jeez. So I'm going to... Uh, so what... You can watch the clip. The clip's on YouTube. It's everywhere. It's been that way for decades. Ollie throws a punch, and it doesn't, like... If it hits the guy's face, it barely does. Like, you can zoom in and it looks like it misses him. And, uh, the... Interesting. Yeah, it's always been <laughs> that it... That the, contra- the conspiracy's always been that the guy flops. Huh. Um, but, uh, the... This... But why would he... Uh, so, if it was fixed, then why would he pick the one that one? Like, wouldn't yeah, he, like, yeah. actually wait until he got his bell rung and then actually... Like, think, yeah. hey, I, this really hurts. It'd be nice to go ahead and type out, so I don't have to get 
you know how betting works. Anymore. Some some guys will bet that he gets knocked out on the sixth punch. You know, it may you know it may have been something crazy like that. Oh yeah. Um, but uh, this website says the punch is there, but Liston's troubled life outside the ring and lengthy arrest record make it all the more reasonable to think he would do something like throw a match. So. Ooh. Um, hmm. Apparently, he has quite. A, this guy had quite a history with uh, with gambling and with the mafia. So, getting spicy. Yeah. So, uh, what I want to do on all of these is I want us to rank them one to ten on how plausible we think they are. So, this one. Okay. Considering I know neither of these guys personally, but probably, I know Ali's dead. The other one's probably dead too. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say isn't this is that probably. The one, isn't that the same fight where he has like the famous photo yeah. of him? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's I think that's that fight. Yeah. Um. Hmm. So I'm just gonna say this one. After watching the video, I'm gonna say it's a seven. I think it could easily be. Uh, he could have flopped. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with about a seven as well because that, I mean, makes sense to me, and it's not. I don't think there's much more to read into, like some conspiracy theories. Some of these are much more plausible than others, so. Uh, number two, Michael Phelps lost the race, but won the gold. Okay. So, Michael Phelps okay. had a horrible start to the beginning of the 100-meter butterfly at the 2008 Beijing Games, but he managed to put together a miraculous finish to take gold. Or did he? The replay isn't conclusive, but appears to show Serbia's Milor- I'm, I'm going to botch this. Serbia's Milorad Kevic narrowly defeating Phelps. Phelps was given the win according to his electronic touchpad, which registered the American coming in one one-hundredth of a second before Kovic. Oh, the possible nice. conspiracy theory here is that Phelps' electronic touchpad was rigged to be extra sensitive, that the swimmer had actually triggered the pad with the force of the water in his hands before uh, hands moved in their downward stroke toward the wall. This one's a bit uh, out there to me. Yeah, that one's a bit <laughs> out okay. there. Okay, yeah, well, if you watched it live, it still looks like the other dude touched it first. It oh, really? really? Does. See, I didn't yeah. go back and watch this one. I was watching this live when it happened, um, and I definitely thought the other guy won. But, uh, yeah, I don't I don't buy he pushed the wave or whatever that... that this, no. yeah, this, this uh, one was I that. It was... Much. That it, his electronic pad was m- messed with to make it super sensitive. I think it's more likely yeah, that it may have that. just been super sensitive on its own if it was, like just a glitch yeah. or something. Yeah, but well, that's you're splitting. I, I, I could definitely believe that he uh, should have lost. He lost, and then somehow, some way that he still got gold for whatever reason. Because I know that stuff is monitored heavily, but. Uh, yeah, it doesn't surprise me. One one hundredth of a second, and it looks like the other guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know. This yeah, one, I mean, that's a little for that's this a little much for this particular conspiracy that says this the it was the pad was uh, tinkered with. I'm gonna say like a three, but um, yeah, overall I I'm don't doubt a straight fifty fifty. Yeah, I don't doubt the rest yeah, of it though. So what y'all give that one about a. I give it a four. Four. I give it a five. Straight 50-50. Okay. Great. Uh, number three, Michael Jordan, food poisoning theory. This is one of the most famous ones, uh, along with Ali's. So Michael Jordan's miraculous 35-point uh, quote-unquote flu game, so it was dubbed, performance against the Utah Jazz in the 1997 NBA Finals continues to spawn conspiracy theories seeking to explain it. 
The most recent theory is that Jordan was delivered a sketchy pizza the night before Game 5 of the series. According to Tim Grover, Jordan's former personal trainer, the team ordered a pizza from their hotel room in Utah. Grover says that five men delivered the pizza, which is, uh, he says, a red flag happening. Yeah, night. really? <laughs> and that five he, people. And that he had a bad feeling about the situation. Jordan I mean, was the if it's for the whole basketball team, they like I imagine it's more than one pizza, so... Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure that you those guys five. Be... I'm not saying yeah, that. Yeah, five people. Yeah, yeah, that's quite ridiculous, but yeah. maybe... The... But then again, if they... Did they know that they were going to the team? Because well, this you makes think, me... if you're working at Domino's with your buddies one night and you get a call to deliver to the Chicago Bulls, you're definitely being like, hey, shut this place down. We're all going to deliver uh, pizzas to yeah. the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> but this next sentence makes me think that maybe it wasn't for the whole team. Uh, because it says, Jordan was the only one who ate the pizza. And later that well, night... That says at, it pretty pretty yeah. straightforward, huh? And later that night, at 2 o'clock in the morning, Grover says he received a call saying that Jordan was sick. So just a few hours later, he was the only one that ate the pizza. Uh, some people think that he was poisoned uh, by it, to some degree. This one, I say, yeah, it could have yeah, happened. Maybe. I'll say it's I feel like this is one of the ones that you need to read into a little bit more. So yeah. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, so uh, I'm, yeah, I'm just going to leave this one a, a solid five. I think it's 50 50. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, I would say a four. Four. Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, he really could have just been sick. It Like, this is just about the method of how he got sick. It really doesn't matter in the grand yeah, scheme exactly. of things. Um, yeah, I mean, one, he, he was sick, so. Yeah. He still had an insane game. Yeah. This one, though, is uh, this was a big one in the state uh, a few years ago. This is the Auburn football spice cons- conspiracy theory. Uh, on the way toward winning the 2010 BCS title, the Auburn football program allegedly overlooked positive tests for spice, a synthetic marijuana, in the name of keeping players eligible to play football. ESPN the magazine aired the story in a special E60 called Coming Down in mid-April. The special, uh, the special declares that the program pers- purposely held off testing their players for the synthetic drug until two weeks after the game, after the team finished its national title run in 2010. Auburn maintains it didn't have a test available to administer to athletes, while ESPN claims multiple tests for Spice existed in the market before the season even began. So what do you guys think about this one? you think okay. they... Absolutely. Not only because it's Auburn, so I like to say Yeah, I was that, about to say, he's just saying but, it because it's Auburn. Okay, well, can I finish? Because not only do I like to say it because it is Auburn, but it 100% happens everywhere else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think this is a thing that happens everywhere else, and they just almost got caught with it. Yep. Um, I'll say this is a, a, a six. I think it's... I think if this happened, it was one guy that probably knew about it, and he was like hey, let's just put off these tests. And everybody's like, yeah, that's fine. I don't want to do this anyways. I feel like yeah, it was yeah. probably a very small-scale thing like that, if it happened at all. I'm giving it a 9.5. Oh, gosh. Wow, very confident in that one. I'm, yeah. when I, like, you got to think, how often does this happen? Like, everybody does it. you got to think of all those kids. Like, mm-hmm. just one of them comes up and coach, like, coach, I went to a party. I didn't mean to. And they'll be like, crap, 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 because it affects them too. So, like, they're yeah. definitely going to hide that. Like, 
I firmly believe that this happened. And I'd never even heard of it, to be honest. I haven't either. Yeah, I was about to say I hadn't heard of it. Yeah, it was. Uh, also, it was... I like how you said a few years back in the state, and it was only a whole decade. <laughs> it doesn't feel like it, though, does it? No, no, it does not. Uh, well, but uh... I noticed once you said 2010, I was like, oof. <laughs> that went a lot fast. Yeah, it sure did. Uh, well, um, to be fair, I threw in the Alabama one right after this one. This was uh, one that was uh, just a couple okay. of years ago that I don't think anybody really bought, but I thought, you know, I'll put it in here for fun. Uh, number five, Alabama pays referees. Oh, in, tw- wow. okay, in 2018, uh, some fans believe the SEC was conspiring with Alabama to help the Tide win by not calling as many penalties on Bama and calling hmm. more than usual uh, uh, more than the usual number of penalties on opponents. There's no proof to this, but uh, it was just something that uh, that seemed to be a trend and that people picked up on. Do you think there's any credence to this theory? Uh, if it just happened to come out one day, like it wouldn't surprise me. But yeah. the fact that there's like nothing other than just people mad saying it, like at least the Auburn thing, they had freaking ESPN behind it and other claims and stuff. Like this is like I think we were the most penalized team in the SEC this this year. So, mm-hmm. um, but this I, was I for twenty eighteen. LSU paid more. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying. Uh, I guess LSU paid more this year. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. Doesn't add up. Why would you immediately go from paying people and then to being the most penalized team? Uh, yeah, I don't know. So, what would y'all rank this one? Four. I'd rank it yeah three or four. Yeah, I, I agree. I'm probably gonna go yeah. with two on this one. I, I I don't think they did. I don't think they had to. I think that was just a pretty sound team. Um, I mean, up yeah, until the last game, that was apparently the greatest team of all time. So, um, yeah, that made you well. No, it did not. Number six, another Michael Jordan one here. Michael Jordan's first retirement was suspension for gambling, uh, secret suspension. Just months before Michael Jordan announced his first retirement in 1993, and eventually persuaded a career and oh, I'm sorry, eventually pursued a career in baseball. The NBA had launched an investigation into Jordan's gambling habits. Also, Jordan hmm. said during his retirement press conference that he might come back to the NBA, quote, if David Stern lets me back in the league. <laughs> so, my thing on this one is, if you're going to cover up his gambling, then why would you send him away? Why would you just... If you're going to cover yeah, up the uh, crime, why are you not covering up the punishment? Like this wouldn't surprise me because he yeah. did have a lot of gambling problems. But what what does it what does it matter? Like, how does it affect you? How does well, it affect if he the was NBA? gambling, if he was gambling and throwing games. Oh uh, well, then yeah, I can. But I don't understand why, if they were trying to cover it up, why would they still suspend him? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense know. to me. It doesn't. Um. Yeah. It, it's a, a six. Yeah, it's a stretch. I'm going to give this one a two. I think it's about as sound as Alabama paying refs. Just because I think I don't get the logic. Yeah, well, I mean, if he said, the way he said it and everything, I like. I think I'd have to look into it a little bit more, but I'll go ahead and give it a six. Yeah, I don't know the context of what you said. It may have been a joke, like, yeah, I'll come back if David Stern lets me back in. You know, it may have been something like that. I don't know. I, I haven't watched the. It's a thing from like. 
93. I haven't watched the interview. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've watched it. Um, I'm going to give it... Yeah, I'm, I'll stick with it, too. I'm good with that on that one. Uh, number seven. Going with another NBA one. NBA rigged game six of the 2002 Western Conference Finals. Oh, yeah. I've heard about this one. This is a big one. And there's some credence yeah. behind it a little bit. Um, the Lakers trailed the Sacramento Kings 3-2 to two in the series and were tied heading into the fourth quarter of game six. The Lakers shot 27 free throws in the fourth quarter and scored 16 of their last 18 points at the free throw line to win by four points. The Lakers would go on to win that series and the NBA championship. Years later, former NBA referee Tim Donahue, who resigned and later admitted to gambling on NBA games, suggested that the conspiracy was real, noting that he heard a game that had been fixed that matched the description of the playoff game. So, what does that uh, even mean? How do well, you match the description? Well, a little bit of, <laughs> a little it's bit a of big game. <laughs> so it's in the, the arguments against this this guy is that he got he got caught gambling. He was throwing games, or yeah. uh, you know helping teams out. Hell. And he got caught. He was he was you know he's fired. He's gotten a lot of trouble, and he was just trying to take guys down with him. Is what people say is why he said this. Some people think. Well, yeah, he probably just heard it because he was in that group all the time. But if you go back and watch, because I, I have went back and checked this game out, you go back and watch all the fouls they call, it is fishy. Yeah, that's the one, like, they talk about how NBA games have been rigged. Mm. That's the one, I think, that has some credibility to it. Yeah. Well, once again, it wouldn't surprise me, but I, I don't know. I Crazy stuff happens in basketball all the time, and that's why I can't get into it. So, wouldn't surprise yeah, me yeah. at all. Especially but NBA. I just don't. I don't. I don't think so. So I'll give it a th- three and a half. I'm gonna give this one a, a seven. I think I'm it's, gonna give it. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a six or seven. Yeah, uh, I think we really disagree a lot on these. <laughs> if you go back and watch the clips, Aaron, after this episode, I think that you'll find people. It's, it's pretty, pretty, that's pretty. all basketball is is like one miss foul. It's a miss foul, and then a stupid call that obviously wasn't a foul and then it just goes back and forth and then someone will score 27 in three minutes and then the other person yeah but it was 16 16 of the last 18 points i mean it was back to back to back they couldn't do anything yeah Yeah. the people go on 20 20 runs all the time yeah i say a lot of reasons why i can't get into basketball is literally it, it would be tied forever for all of eternity if there wasn't a time limit. It's just whoever has the freaking ball last, and it goes back and forth. And I just I don't like it. Well, I think this one will be more up your alley. This is uh, this one concerns the NFL and the New England Patriots. The NFL destroyed Spygate proof. Oh. After Bill Belichick and the New New England Patriots were caught spying on the New York Jets during a game, the team gave the league tapes which were later destroyed a boston herald report said the rams uh the rams secretly taped the st louis the, the rams secretly taste the st louis rams walkthrough before the 2001 super bowl i may call it that down wrong many fans believe the tapes destroyed by the league showed that uh showed the patriots cheated to win their first lombardi trophy oh so basically what the astros did except you know football <laughs> and then the league covered it up is this conspiracy theory so uh what do you guys think the tapes were just uh so happened to be destroyed it's interesting i mean i honestly wouldn't be surprised if they were 
knowing everything that's happened if with you the were telling, If you were telling me this happened on like their fourth or fifth Super Bowl and they covered it up, I could definitely believe it. But the fact that they would cover it up their first one instead of just fining them, it like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, yeah, if they figured that out, then they make a lot of money by just finding them. So why wouldn't you do that? It wasn't like you were trying to keep a dynasty alive me, or anything like that. This feels like it feels more likely because of all the other scandals that came out of New England over the yeah, past. Yeah, that's true. 50 that's years. why. I'll, that's why I'm going to go fifty-fifty. So I'll give it a five. But no, if it, if Belichick and Brady and all them didn't have the other stuff, I would give it like a three. Yeah, it definitely it definitely uh, makes you think just because of their their history. <laughs> they, now, if you're telling me this was like their fifth Super Bowl and they covered it up, like I, I definitely could definitely believe that. I'd give it like an eight. I'm gonna give this one a. Uh, I'm gonna give it a five. I think it's it's fifty fifty. I agree with you on that one. Yeah, I'll give it a five as well. Uh, number nine, the Super Bowl power outage. Uh, the power outage that de- uh, delayed Super Bowl. Uh, I can't read Roman numerals. Which one was it? XXL two XXL I. Oh, which one was it? Forty-seven. Is that what it was? That's, Forty-eight. Yeah, sure. I don't know. It doesn't what matter. Look, it's what the, was the matchup. The Harbaugh Super Bowl, right? It had the two Harbaugh brothers. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, they this conspiracy theory says that the power outage wasn't an accident, but an intentional way to inject life into a game that was turning into a blowout. So, uh, this game was getting, you know, it was turned into a blowout. I can't remember the score. I don't have it in front of me, but. Uh, the conspiracy theory is that people were tuning out and that they had ad space left. And they had to get to those commercials and they wanted people to see those commercials so they could keep making people pay uh, you know, incredible amounts for commercials the next year. So they, uh, the conspiracy theory is that the power outage was planned and then I uh, gave the other team, um, was it the, who was down? Uh, the, been the 49ers. 49ers. Yeah. Yeah. So give the 49ers time to regroup, and then they did. They ended up getting like a like a 17 points scored in the second half to, after the power outage to nearly come back or something like that. So that's the theory on this one. A little far fetched, but um. I mean, the people that make up these theories apparently, I mean, apparently have nothing better to do. <laughs> yeah. They just throw out these crazy conspiracies. Oh, and I mean, there's, some that, a, there's some that are just as if not more crazy that I wasn't able to get to on this list. Yeah, I mean, it was just a crazy outage that happened, and then it happened to bring momentum to the other team. It was, yeah, I mean, you know, so it was whatever. Super Bowl forty seven, but the Ravens won 34-31. to Yeah, it so came down it to the last drive. Yeah. So I don't know that they would have been that disinterested after paying thousands of dollars to be at a game that ended up in three points. Whereas well, the next year... The Seahawks beat the Broncos forty three. Right, but but when the power outage but, happened, it wasn't close. It was starting to yeah, turn, yeah, turn like, into a beatdown. Yeah, and it how, wasn't the people at the game that was bored. I'm talking about the people at home that could have be watching something else. Oh well, I mean, but still, like, how, I would like to know what the score was at that moment because it it's hard for close. me to believe that it was going to look like a blowout when it ended up in thirty four to thirty one. Let me pull it, it, it wasn't like the, the I mean, it wasn't like the Patriots and the and the uh, 
Falcons, like that looked like a beatdown. Yeah. So was it something? It had to be in excess of twenty points. Well, this one it was a uh, it was a lead of twenty eight to six. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean that's about right on. Point. And this is one that a lot of the players that played on this game on both sides believe. Ray Lewis was very vocal about this. He thought it was it was all planned. Huh. Yeah. So um, I'm sure Ray Lewis doesn't know what's going on behind the scenes. This is probably just totally his speculation. I doubt he knows what the tech guy's doing. Uh, but still, it's it's interesting that it, it gained a good following. I'm gonna say a three. I would have to look into it more just to see what other conspiracy theories and what other stunts they pulled because there's other scores that look like beatdowns. Yeah. Like in 2001, Ravens beat the Giants 34 to seven, and I've never heard any other. So I'll give it a, a you know. Uh, I'm giving it a two. Yeah, probably a four and a half. Yep, I gave it a three. So we're all around the same place right there. Um, and then my last conspiracy theory for the day: Urban and Shelley Meyer both knew about and conspired to hide the Zach Smith incidents. This is one that, to me, it's a 10. Like, it's not even a debate. Yep. I think, I mean, there's so much proof. The only people that deny it is Ohio State and Irvin and Shelley. Like, I mean, it's... But for some for, for some context, um, everybody knows the story. But uh, Irvin Meyer, then head coach of Ohio State, and his wife, Shelley, uh, who had an office job at Ohio State, both knew of assistant coach Zach Smith's assault allegations before they came to light and tried to hide them. Um, Urban and Shelley denied this one, but everyone knows it's true. I have this written down. It's not very fair, is it? <laughs> there were texts between Shelley and Courtney Smith, <laughs> Zach's, uh, Zach's wife, where Courtney tells Shelley what's going on, and their defense was that Shelley just didn't tell Urban. That was literally their defense. She's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell Urban. Yeah, this is an easy 10 for me. I mean, yeah, really. She she told Urban. Urban knew. He knew about the stuff that happened in Florida when the same stuff happened. He just didn't care. Yep, I'm going to 8.5. Yep, I'm giving it a 10. It's an absolute 10 to me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's the only one on this list that I'm like, this is certain. This happened. Um, and uh, I think Urban's a bad enough guy that I don't feel bad if it's not true. <laughs> To say it, so. <laughs> that's the only reason I gave it an eight point five, but yeah. it's a good point. <laughs> well, all right, it's, it's definitely a ten. That wraps it up for that uh, conspiracy list. But how about we kick off with a little night needs to know? Oh yeah, night needs to know. Probably with some of the stuff you've done before, uh, I probably wouldn't be surprised. You wouldn't be surprised if I put ashes and <laughs> cookies and fed them to you? Yeah, because it was someday for the SEC again. That, that might make sense then. I guess just back to sense sense <laughs> Yeah, I, I would like to know how it makes sense. Now this is looking like a bad idea. Alright, first question. Do you think the XFL will be successful? That's a great question. Um, you know, it's so, it's interesting. We just saw the AAF define success collapse. Uh, okay, they don't go bankrupt midseason. <laughs> okay, that's well, I, okay, that's a low bar. <laughs> hey, but that's, <laughs> I'll say yes in that, but this, in that case. The AAF couldn't make that bar, so, you know. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that was embarrassing. 
Um, Vince McMahon. Absolutely I mean, embarrassing. He is Vince McMahon is so he's such a good businessman and he knows how to put on a show. Even with yeah. the the XFL of the early two thousands, that you know it wasn't successful. There was some that show. I mean, XFL did some things that was groundbreaking that we still use in today's football, especially on the videography side of things. If it wasn't for the XFL, we, w- we still wouldn't have the the camera behind the huddles, behind the offensive line, the overhead stuff. That was all introduced for the XFL. Um, so I think for it because it's Vince. I think it's going to last at least two seasons because um, he's going to he's going to pump the money in it to get that much out of it, and I think it'll be interesting to see what happens after that. It's going to really depend on the markets they've set these teams in and how those cities respond to those teams. That's what it's really going to fall on. So, yeah. I'm but um I'm more excited even though we don't have a team here in Birmingham like we did for the AAF. I'm more excited for this one than I was for the AAF. So, I hope it does well. I hope it does too. Yeah, uh, um, I think it'll fully depend on um, how the season ends. I think uh, it's potentially the longer it goes, if it uh, if it actually seems to work out, then uh, there'll be a lot of interest towards the uh, postseason, and I think it fully depends on whether he'll bring it back for a second year. Because I don't think it's just a guarantee that he'll pump all the money in for two years, but I think he'll at least get through a season. Yeah. Yeah, well, I hope so. Sure. All right. Um, so if you're the Bengals, mm-hmm. do you take Tua or Joe Burrow? I think you take Joe Burrow. I mean, uh, that guy's just so accurate. And, you know... a one of Tua's best qualities is his accuracy as well. Yeah. But Tua is has been so injury prone, and that's a risk that if I'm spending millions to grab a new quarterback, and I get to put between one guy that's been more accurate this past year, maybe not as much long term, but this past year he's the most accurate guy in football, and versus a guy that's also very accurate but that gets injured very often, I'm going to have to take the safer bet on that one. Um, but I understand the argument for both, and I think you're gonna you're gonna get a good deal with either guy you go with. Uh, as big of a Tua fan as I am, it's not even remotely an argument. I think you should definitely take Joe. Like it's you don't. I don't think there's any reason not to. He's from Ohio, mm-hmm. and yeah. you have more leverage with him. Like you can you can. I mean, if everybody knows you're taking Joe, then you, you, it's much easier to trade for, or like trade, you know. You have so much more leverage, whereas if you want two of them, people are, yeah, you know, people aren't trading up for Tua unless, it, not at number one overall, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you just have more leverage and not injury prone and all that. So, yeah, definitely taking Joe. Okay, yeah, I agree. Um, and then final question: uh, Over under six Alabama guys get taken first round? Oh, that's a great question. Um, how many are in contention? A uh, pretty good bit. I've seen as much. I think I've seen as much as seven on somebody's draft mock draft. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... Uh, here we go. Alabama players that could potentially be first-round picks. I want to see all the names in front of me. So Judy, he's, he's very strong. I mean, I think uh, he's going to go first round. Uh, Tua, absolutely. Yeah. Both um, wide receivers, Tua, McKinney. Yeah. Those are the main uh, four. A couple, couple of linemen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and Willis. So that's five that are definitely going. Yeah. I don't remember who the sixth and seventh one are. I know Raekwon was up there, but I don't think he's Raekwon, going first round. Leatherwood. Uh, Dylan yeah. Moses. Leatherwood's Moses coming, coming back, though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he is. This was an older article. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's safe to say four. I'm going to go with five, though. Yeah, I yeah, I, I can't remember who the other one was. I think the five that I named are definitely going. I don't think Raekwon is going. Uh, I just I don't I don't I think he's been quite underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I can't think of who the other guy is. What what um position are you referring to? I don't know. I just, oh, I just okay. was trying to think of all the guys. Anyways, uh, I guess I'll go five, but I think it's possible six, but definitely. Not seven. Yeah. That's that's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not that many guys in the one. But the I, I think the five that I named would definitely go. Okay. Well, thank you, Justin, for another great segment. You're very welcome. Um, so, let's go ahead and do some trivia. We got a new format coming out. Um, so, uh, we actually recorded this ahead of time just because of some scheduling conflicts and stuff. But how we're going to do it is every week we're going to pick somebody random off the Facebook page. If that person that we picked uh, backs out last second, we're just going to call somebody we know. So that's kind of what happened this week. So uh, I'll go ahead and insert that right now. All right, the hiatus is over. Trivia is finally back and a new and improved format. And our first guinea pig of our new format is our good friend, Mr. Eli Brandon. Eli, what's going on, man? No, not a lot. How's it going, old bud? <laughs> going pretty good. Well, Eli's going to try to win a couple uh, Alabama basketball tickets. And uh, how we're going to be doing this, uh, new format from now on, is we're going to play a different game every episode. This week we're playing Craigslist Jeopardy. So how we play this game, I'm going to list some wacky items we found on Craigslist for sale. And uh, Eli, you have to tell me the correct amount of money the seller is asking for from the multiple choice answers I give you. So, right, so, for example, if I say there is a Dorito in the shape of Jennifer Lopez for sale, I'll then ask how much money is the seller wanting? Like A, $15, B, $250, C, $6,000, B, $250,000, which I think we all agree is a fair price. That is a very fair price. So, uh, let's go ahead and get started if you're ready. Alright, right, number one. This game, it's actually a, a course, a backyard course listed in somebody's backyard called Crapshoot. This is the description. It says, hey there, me and a couple friends have decided, have developed a fun, all-weather, day and night, addictive game called Crapshoot. Guys and girls, young and ancient, are all encouraged to check out what you need to set up your own backyard game of luck and skill. Basically what this game is, is it's uh, putt-putt, but instead of a hole at the end, it's a big toilet. And you, use, <laughs> you take frisbees and try to, to ring the toilet. Uh, the one I uh, absolutely I wouldn't be surprised at all. The object of the game is trying to throw thirty flying discs. We use whammo, tw- uh, twenty-five foot into a standard-sized toilet. The one who gets the most discs in the toilet wins. 
can be played with as many players as you want. It's great with occasional little wager, perhaps just to make it a little more fun and interesting. Goes great with backyard barbecues and parties. And he's wanting to start a league of his own. So, how much is he charging for tickets to play Crapshoot? Is it A, free, B, $5, C, $20, or D, $60? I'm going to go with $20. Justin, what are you thinking? He says $20. i am going to say free. Free, and Aaron, what are you thinking? I'm also going to say free. Free is correct. Yeah, he's just wanting anybody to come out throw some, some discs <laughs> in his toilet. All right, next one. This one is listed under Canadian Lessons. If you're one of the many Americans planning to convert to Canadianism, I can help you get integrated quickly and smoothly by offering my tutoring services to help you become one of us. Lessons include when to say sorry, the difference between regular syrup and 100% pure maple syrup, why milk comes in bags, and why you must always hold the door open for the person behind you, even if you're not sure anyone is there. So how much is the Canadian tutor charging per hour? Is it A, $11 an hour, B, $25, C, $30, or D, $45 an hour? B. B, $25. Aaron, what are you thinking? B. B, $25. And Justin? I'm going to say $35. Well, that wasn't an option. So $30 <laughs> or $45? Was it not? Uh, I- I'm going to say 30. You're right. It is 30. Eli, got to get ding, get ding. together, man. What's going on? Um, I'm going to check it out first time on the podcast. You act like you haven't been studying every cell on Craigslist. Well, I flipped through a couple, uh, couple articles. Apparently, I haven't seen the right ones. Okay. <laughs> well, maybe you've seen this one. Uh, this is 40 full-size, wa- full-size wax figures dressed in Amish wardrobe. So the seller has over 40 different figures in a range of sizes, including five female figures, three children, 32 male, and a dog. And they are very lifelike. It's very unsettling. How much do the adult figures each cost? A, $350 a piece, B, $450, C, $600, or D, $800? Aaron, I'll let you start with this one. What are you thinking? $800. $800 per adult figure. You heard me. Justin, what do you think? Uh, I'm gonna say six fifty. Okay. What What about you, Eli? What you thinking? I'm a, I'm a low ball and I'm gonna go four fifty. Uh, you you should have went a little lower. It's three fifty on that one. <laughs> yeah. Dang. So uh, forty a piece. How much is that? That's a, I'm not good at math. That's a lot of money. Yeah. That's a lot of money for the figurines. All right, number four. An eighteen foot sailboat is is available, but there's a kicker. It's in the seller swimming pool. It says, Grandpa has a sail- was a sailor, missed the open water, and so he hired a crane to drop a sailboat in the swimming pool. Time to get the boat out. How much for the boat? Is it A, 3000 B, free, as long as you come and get it out yourself, C, 2000 or D, 1000 Justin, what do you think? I'm going to go with uh, free again. Aaron? I'm going to go with... Just a thousand. Alright, Eli, what you think? I'm gonna go free myself. Free is right. Yep. What All you gotta do is get it out. All you gotta do is hire a crane. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's all I gotta do. The set, what he said, just hire you just a crane. Just turn around and sell it. You make money off of it. Yeah. Where's that? Yep. I don't know, I'll have to pull it up later. Alright, last one. If your kid loves elf on the shelf, the elf on the shelf trend, why not get him or her the real thing? A man will dress as the elf and come sit in, quote, any location you assign me 
while I stare emptily at your guest. <laughs> oh my gosh. How much does the elf on the shelf char- charge per hour? Is it A, free? He just does it for the smiles. B, $50 an hour. C, $75 an hour. Or D, $100 an hour. What do you think, Aaron? Uh, uh, 50. 50? Justin? I'm going to say 100. All right. Neelai, what are you thinking? I'm going to go with free just because I really want it to be free. <laughs> it's actually $100 an hour. He, he, yeah. he tries to make his money off of it. But that's okay because uh, you got the uh, the sailboat question right, and that's good enough for me. So you're gonna be Let's gonna go. be uh, you're gonna be getting those uh, tickets. Trying to not come back. <laughs> yeah, that's all you needed. Well, thanks, man. We are gonna get those tickets to you, and uh, we'll see you around probably this week. I'm sure. All right, probably. <laughs> all right, have a good one. We'll see you. All right, you too. See you. All right. Well, that was uh, that was that was a lot more fun. Uh, in my opinion, than the old format. I like that, and I'm going to keep trying to do a different game every week. So, uh, Craigslist Jeopardy this week, and uh, we'll have a a new surprise next week. Did y'all like that format better, do you think? Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, Yeah, I liked it better for the off-season. I I do think we need to rework uh, the actual relative football questions for the season, obviously, but... No, I agree. Yeah, I, I like that for the all season. I do too. I think it's just a, a fun way to get get some people some prizes and stuff. Um, but anyways, let's close out the show, little mismanagers. Alrighty. Um, did you grab anything when you walked out the door? I nothing but two Tortino's pizza out of the refrigerator and my doggy, and we left. I just kept hearing it. I'm ducking and everything. I, in the house, I'm, I got scared. I dropped my hot pocket. Here's an actual customer out here. Uh, what's, uh, what's the best kind of firework to buy? Wouldn't you like to know, weather boy? And now, it's time for Mismanagers. Alright, so Aaron, uh, I believe it was you that when we were talking about the conspiracy theory with the uh, the fans getting bored so they shut off the lights, that so you said uh, nobody is going to pay $1,000 and get bored at a No, Super I didn't Bowl. say that. I said I highly doubt that they were bored in a game that close where they paid thousands of dollars. Well, people will definitely get bored with after paying thousands of dollars. Well, would you believe that a guy got so bored at last week's Super Bowl that he fell asleep in the first quarter? Oh yeah, I, no, I, saw I that. would not believe that. <laughs> I saw that there was a video of it. Yeah, it happened. Oh yeah, well okay, him I can believe. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I was gonna say is because can you imagine the only way he fell asleep is if he was in a box and he's a multimillionaire. And he has narcolepsy. I'm still going to say he has to have severe narcolepsy. No, like, that guy's a rapper, isn't he? I don't know who it was. I just saw the video of the guy. I don't, I think yeah. it was, I think he was a rapper. I don't, I think, I know that they figured out who it was, but it took like a, I believe it took like a couple days to figure out who the guy was. Um, anyways, I'm just going to read a little bit. He was up in the box, wasn't he? Um, let me see. I've got the video right here. 
The tweet is somehow this man is soup, sleeping through the Super Bowl. No, this guy's in just seats. He's just in regular okay, well, that's, seats. That's, that's and he's not a rapper. This is uh, the whitest dad I've ever seen. <laughs> so, uh, we're not talking about the same person. And, not, uh, no, we are not. This guy's just in a t-shirt and he's just hanging out. He's got a dad cut. Can you, uh, can you imagine just being an average guy and you pay that money for a Super Bowl <laughs> ticket and you fall asleep in the first quarter? <laughs> this guy rough. did. Uh, this is the article. The Super Bowl is one of the most exciting sports events on the calendar. Well, maybe not for everyone. During the opening quarter of Super Bowl, whatever this, 54, right? Between the Kansas City Chiefs and San Francisco 49ers, a video went viral that showed a man sitting in his seat at Hard Rock Stadium, sleeping through the action. Um, That's unbelievable. <laughs> like, one of us could have that ticket, and he's wasting it. 65,000 people screaming in your ear, and this guy's not phased. He's just snoozing. But what do you do if you see him asleep in front of you if you're at the Super Bowl? Like, you don't want to bother him, obviously. But you also, like, you want, you want to, like, would he want to be waked up? Like, woke up? Like, and and then you got to think, like, surely he's not asleep. Like, is that man dead right in front of me? Like, somebody needs to check his pulse. But, like, if you check his pulse and... He's not dead, and then he wakes up, and he thinks you're trying to pickpocket him or something. Also, like, if he is that'd, dead, that'd be that's, very... an, that's an inconvenience for you, because now you got to get up. you got to go to security. You're just trying to watch the game. Yeah. You're not going to check <laughs> that guy's pulse. I didn't pay $7,000. That would really put me in a pickle. That would, I didn't pay $7,000 to come and save some guy's life. I came to watch football. Oh, gosh. Um... Well, good news, guys. Uh, Kobe Bryant may not be gone after all, according to this uh, this prophet who claims that he can raise Kobe Bryant from the dead as long as 10% of his net, net worth is given to him. And this guy was serious, and he said this to his church congregation. Oh, my gosh. So if that doesn't make you sick, I don't know what will, but I'm going to go ahead and read this article. Uh, well, have you seen the YouTube videos that have came all out? All the conspiracies from... and stuff. Yeah, well, no, not the conspiracies, BS. the stupid teenagers that are like, I oh, called yeah. Kobe Bryant. I called Kobe, yeah, stupid. So disrespectful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but this is about as disrespectful as you can get, this guy, though. Prophet Nigel Gacy, I believe that's how you say it, claims he has the power to raise basketball player Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gianna Bryant oh from the dead, which makes me sick. I hate this guy. I absolutely hate this guy. The prophet, however, stated that are, that are uh, some conditions attached to the offer as 10% of Kobe's net worth must be given to what? him. The, the uh, quote-unquote man of God made this known while preaching and prophesying to his congregation, saying, The Lord just took me into the spirit world, and I have seen a great man fall. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so uh, he has apparently talked to Kobe, he claims, and he can bring him back uh, as long as just 10% of his... Uh, Five hundred million dollars are given to him, so oh, very yeah. generous. What a, what a steal, right? This guy sucks. Yeah, really. <laughs> um. Anyway, not giving that guy any more attention. In honor of Valentine's Day, Mira.co has uh, published an article which I found pretty funny when I read it. It's titled "Hotel and Spa Managers Share Most Common Sex Questions They Get Asked by Guests." Wait, what? <laughs> okay. I I was not. I just. What you're gonna have to say that again? <laughs> yeah. So, yes, go up to uh, it's at the it's spas and hotels, and um, spa and hotel managers share the most common sex themed questions they get asked by guests, particularly around Valentine's Day. 
And boy, <laughs> these are some awkward questions. I could not imagine being a human being and calling a hotel or going up to the to where they work in person and saying some of this stuff. Y'all are going to get a kick out of it. Oh, oh gosh. So uh, I'm not going to read the whole article. I'm just going to pick on pick up on some of the questions. Um, so this one's for the spa. Uh, some men, uh, managers claim, an often question they get is, will I get aroused during a massage? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Can you imagine having no. the audacity no, I cannot. to ask somebody that? If that's a worry, just just opt out. Just spend money somewhere else. Go play putt putt. <laughs> uh, number two, this one's gonna make you uh, a little scared to go swimming hey, the next sir. time you go on vacation. Is it safe to hook up in a hot tub or pool? Oh, no, Would it's not. Not for me. Do? And everyone else has to swim in it afterwards. It's not safe. Don't do it. Yeah. They ask the people who work there that? Yes. These are questions that... They don't have Google? Like, what the heck? (laughs) That's a great point. (laughs) Um, So, uh... They chose to ask another human being that face-to-face. Yes. Instead of just saying... They made that conscious decision. They woke up and said, I I have an idea. I'm going to go ask a stranger this question. I still can't get over the question of, hey, if I get a massage, will I be aroused? (laughs) <laughs> Sounds like something so you'd creepy. ask. You'd ask Justin. That's probably uh, something you had to ask about the Super should Bowl halftime show. Should be immediately banned. Yeah, should yeah, should be. Um, so this one I do have to read a little bit because the uh, the title of it is "Room Service with Extra Spice" and it's quite broad. Mm-hmm. What all has been asked for, from oysters to asparagus, hotel staff are in you in you in. <laughs> boy, I cannot read. Uh, with requests for all sorts of af- af- aphrodisiacs to be sent to rooms <laughs> around Valentine's Day. Staff note that some room service requests tend to peak during this time as guests are less likely to leave their room over the Valentine's period. I don't know why. I'll have to ask the author of this article to explain that to me. <laughs> uh, Let's get through this. One hotel manager adds that they recently had a guest inquire online, at least it wasn't in person, as to whether they could have their room service brought to them by butlers in the buff. So, naked butlers. Okay. No, that, that was the answer. No, you can't. As well <laughs> as all this, Spa Seeker staff say they've been asked to leave some interesting items in bedrooms, including buckets of ice, whipped cream, melted chocolate, and even hot wax. Ooh. Let's not even think about that cleanup, the article says. So. Oh, oh well. Golly, I don't know why okay. you had to say it, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess I didn't, did I? No, uh, you sure didn't. You had a choice. You might want to edit that out. Uh, cheeky channels. Although oh, most God. hotels offer a wide selection <laughs> of television cheeky channels, channels, some of them just don't cut it for guests. Staff say they've had high volumes of requests for adult entertainment as well as a demand for Netflix with a lot of chill expected to be on the cards. Just so stupid. A number of clients have asked for sexy music playlists to be put on while they're getting spa treatments, including hits from Marvin Gaye and a lot of smooth R and B. Okay. This next one, it's gross, but at least it's considerate. Uh, bookings at busier spa hotels often have an array of unusual qu- requests, but one of the most common is whether the rooms have soundproof walls. Customers want to go about their business without having to be worried about being heard if things get a little noisy. 
Of course. So, yeah, this is disgusting, but you know what? At least you're thinking of others. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Just stay home. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Just stay home. I have to stay at these places and not at romantic times of the year. I'm just trying to go to Disney World with my family. And now i got to worry about getting in the pool because Billy Oof. and Jolene was in it before me. Billy, Billy and Jolene. And Jolene. Jolene. That's some boomers Jolene. right there. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, I mean, there's a song, Jolene, way back in the day. I mean, definitely a boomer. Would you like to sing it for us? Jolene, 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 Jolene. You didn't know that song? No, I know it. I just wanted you to sing it. Oh, okay. No, okay. Yeah. You're welcome. Oh, I appreciate well, it. I'm glad we made your day. Anyways, that wraps it up for Mash, Ma- Mash Managers, Miss Managers, <laughs> and for this episode, Justin, bring us home, man. Uh, no, actually, Justin, don't, because I want to prove that I wasn't an idiot, and I did see this. Swali oh, okay. explains why he fell asleep at Super Bowl, whatever this was. So he did fall asleep, and there's a video of him. Whoever so Swally two guys. I, th- two guys I think he's asleep. a rapper. Is Swally a rapper? I have no idea. I'm not. I'm not very much in the in the know. <laughs> yeah, you're not really the pop culture guy, are you? Uh, no, I'm the boomer of the group. <laughs> All right, Justin. Now bring us home. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. We had a great time on this podcast. It's always a lot of fun, and we hope you enjoyed the new trivia segment and. You know, just go into the drawing. You can go on the Facebook page, like, comment, you know, do all that great stuff. Yes. Sorry Share to interrupt you. Um, next week, Auburn basketball tickets. So, oh, yes, if you're an yes, Auburn yes. fan, hit up that Facebook post. You'll be in the running yeah. to uh, play trivia. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, if you want to follow us anywhere, go to, is it TGM Pod? That is it. Um, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, even Patreon. If you want to check us uh, playing some video games, that's always fun. Yeah, or um, some uh, of the uh, videos I've been making. I just made one yesterday. Yes. On uh, how to cheat in baseball and get away with it. The Astros should be interested in that one. So uh, be sure. Yeah, to check and that speaking out. of that, if you want to watch the interview from the coach AJ Hinch, they just put that interview on MLB Network. Mm-hmm. I think it aired tonight. So if y'all are interested in that, yeah, go check I'll it be out. checking that out. Um, please send us messages, emails. We love your questions like Justin. That was a great uh, comment, question, and we love talking about it. I mean, we love talking about other sports. Uh, review us. We love your sweet reviews, mm-hmm. especially the reviews we've gotten so far. I mean, they're so nice. I mean, it makes our day. They do make our day. You make our, you make our day. The only endorphins I get on a normal yeah. basis are from your reviews. Just remember that my life is in your hands, so no pressure. But if you could keep me yeah, keep I mean, me going a little bit longer, that'd be swell. It really would. Yeah, pretty much all of us. We're running on fumes, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, just say something else. I swear, if you would have told me this intro would have con- con- <laughs> uh, had endorphins and running on fumes on it, I would have... <laughs> oh man and it's uh, already at the three minute mark <laughs> yeah so let me wrap this oh up real gosh. quick um check out for these yeah giveaways once again because like we said you can get some basketball tickets for running trivia so in case y'all didn't know we uh have trivia and you can win auburn basketball tickets this next week <laughs> just, yes. go, just go to the go facebook again. page and sign up <laughs> 
<laughs> hey, the, the the Alabama basketball tickets wasn't too popular, so I'm all for pushing these because I know yeah. Auburn basketball, Auburn fans at least love their basketball team. Alabama fans didn't come out for the uh, the Alabama tickets. That's okay though. We'll get some some different That's prizes okay. for yeah. Alabama fans on the page. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we love y'all. Um. Oh, merchandise. You want a shirt? Like I said, best shirt out there. It's so mm. soft. It's beautiful. Wear it, to, wear it on um, your Valentine's Day. It'll be sure to get you that yes, second day. And you can go get one at thegamemanagers.com. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's a link to it there. So go, yep. go check it out. Uh, also links to it on our Facebook page, wherever you want to find yep. us. We, we got, we're going to push merch, and we're going to push it in your face and down your throat. You're going to buy that merch. So. Oh, it's never going to All right, uh, that's all I have to say. All right. Uh, Nick. This has been probably my favorite episode yet. Uh, so thank you, everybody, for listening. Be back next week. And we'll see you then. Adios. Aaron, okay, where you go anyways, guys?